Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 56 of the Bender Blend Podcast. Can you believe it? I am your host, Jordan Bender. On this episode, I got to sit down with a local entertainer, musician, slash business owner, Matt Cross. Um, Awesome dude. Um, If you haven't been and you live here in San Luis Obispo, go hang out and catch a beer or wine at Broad Street Public House. He co-owns that with Bill Cody. They're both great dudes. Um, Great people work there. Great staff. Um, Great snacks. They have games. It's a really fun place to go hang. Uh, Matt Cross also plays all over Slow County in the bar scene. He's a great entertainer, great musician. Um, Really fun to talk to. Thank you, Matt, for being here. We talked about life growing up in the 80s. Listen to, you know, Christian music, then not so Christian music. Um, Really fun conversation. Follow him on Instagram at Matt Cross Slow. He's got a podcast coming out in January, I think, called Two Drunk Dads. Hopefully I'll have him back on to promote that. Um, Anyways, uh, you guys are going to enjoy this episode. I did, and I will. Um, This band playing in the background, Common Anomaly, they're no longer a band, but they're all my buddies, and I love you guys. Thanks for letting me use this song. It's called Crush. Um, Anyways, go out there and uh, collaborate with some friends. Go create something. Do something fun. Get some momentum going. Um, And thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for more Bender Blend and Music Munchies. Cheers, everybody. Bender Blend, episode 56, special guest Matt Cross. Thanks for having me. Yeah, dude. Thanks for being here. Um, so let's just jump right into, I'm just going to barrage you with the interview do questions. It. Let's do it. Um, I mean, you're you're a mainstay musician here around Slow. Like you, I see your name pop up. You you play a lot of places. I, I ha- Well, the last 10 years I played a lot. Of, it's, it's mellowed out a little bit this last year just with the opening the bar. That's but right. Yeah. In, but in general... I just got out there and hit it hard. Yeah. Um, and I, you got to kind of, for the people that don't know you listening to this, you got to tell, because I've heard, I don't think I've ever heard it from you, but I've heard how you got started playing live. And I'm curious. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. If it, if it coincides, if it, if it lines up with what I've heard. Well, but. so the, 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 the original was, um, I played I'd play guitar since I was like in junior high and okay. parties and you know you learn songs to impress girls and that kind of thing. <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. But d- so I was I was actually working. Gosh, this can get really deep really quick. It's but okay. we, um, hey, we do that a lot. Here. <laughs> we do it a lot. So started uh, came to the area to be a pastor. Okay. Um, that's a that's a that could be an episode in itself. But got got <laughs> burned out. Wasn't the right fit anymore. Needed to get out of that. Yeah. And found myself at 29 leaving the church and owning a home in San Luis. And like, what am I going to do? Right. Like, I need to make money yesterday. Yeah. And it was like, nobody just, I'm like, I need a, I need a job that makes $60,000 a year tomorrow. You know, it's, it yeah. doesn't happen. And people would be like, oh, Meathead Movers is hiring. Or, oh, there's this wine company that needs you to move boxes. I'm like, why is it all going to be me on my manual labor? Because I'm a big guy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh. <laughs> so, uh, I got uh, Bill, my partner in the bar, he had left the church at a year before me. Okay. He was also a pastor hmm. and started a landscape company. 
Gotcha. And so he hired me. Okay. And I started doing mowing blows. And I, it was the first time I ever mowed a lawn was when I mowed a lawn for We Mow Mowing. No shit. How old were you? 29. 29. Yeah. Okay. So I was doing mowing blows. And as a favor, my house is on a route. And so I'd be, <laughs> I was with this guy, you know, Jose. Yeah. And we're... And we're and he's like, I go, this is my house. Don't worry about it. He's like, ha, 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 you're so funny. I'm like, you're no, like, this is my house. Yeah, he's like, like, we're doing it. Yeah, I'm like, you want to go to the bathroom? I open the door. He's like, his face just like turned white. Like, oh, that's funny. Wait, dude. wait, this white kid is. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're actually mowing your lawn. That's funny. Uh, but you know, so many people would be like, I can't find a job in my field, or I can't find the right. It's like, dude, you just gotta work, bro. Like, yeah. you just yeah. gotta keep going. So I start. Well, I was working landscaping. I got my emergency credential to substitute. Uh, junior high and high school okay did that that's like nothing it's like 80 bucks a day I mean, it's better to Pretty landscape i mean really? it's, i mean it's easy it's your babysitting junior high and high school kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's that's what it is uh you, you need no skills because the teacher like leaves a movie and you sh- like you know right. you show the movie eight times and make sure the kids don't you know <laughs> smoke weed in class or whatever exactly yeah so <laughs> um, i remember all my subs <laughs> movie time I was going to say, I could have been one, maybe. I don't know if you grew up around here. <laughs> I didn't, but That's I think it's like across the board, like sub-teachers, they're always just like, oh, I could really get it. I had one substitute who, I won't I won't get sidetracked too much, but I just remember he came in and he was like dead serious. He's like, we're following, he's like, what chapter are you guys reading? What are you doing? Like, where are you at? And we're like, just show us a movie. Like, we don't, right. you don't care. And oh, maybe you do care. And he did, but it was like. And so every time he would sub, we're always like, oh, fuck, we actually have to do yeah. stuff. No, I would bring my guitar in and just, like, noodle around by the desk. And I'm like, I don't care what you guys do. Just don't don't give me problems. That's um, funny, dude. So left there okay. and, and was the camp director up at Camp Ocean Pines in Cambria for their outdoor okay. ed program. Did that for a year. And while I was there, it was kind of – I knew it wasn't the right fit, but it's like, what am I going to do with my life? And – and uh I was I, had, I knew that job was coming to an end. I was getting a job at Trader Joe's. Okay. And, um, but I was also like, I make, gosh, I got, I got to get back into music. I haven't been doing this. So I went on Craigslist and looked for bands like auditioning, like singers or guitar players. And there's a band called Smoking Guns out of Oro Grande. Smoking Guns. That was uh, like hard rock metal cover band playing like Harry's and, you know, dive bars. Okay. I'm like, yeah. dude, I might as well, try, I, I'm going to try out. Cause I, I wanted yeah. somebody like to evaluate me, you know, sure. like, like the voice or something, you know, like, <laughs> right. kind of like ghetto, the voice in, in our own <laughs> you know, uh, town. And I went in there like, Oh man, you're killing it. You're amazing. Yeah. I was like, cool. I'm like, Oh wow. Now I'm in this band. Oh shit. Nice. So, <laughs> so I was like playing, just playing Harry's and just dive bar. I mean, there, right. I liked a couple of the guys and it was, it was definitely fun, mm-hmm. but no pay. I mean, I'm getting 80 bucks a night to play like five hours of music and wow. Harry's and be yeah. out till like three in the morning. And it's pretty brutal. It was, it was brutal. And, uh, but that's kind of what got, what launched me. And then when I was with them, I booked a, a solo gig at the, which was called the clubhouse out on foothill. Okay. Now it's like, I don't, it's like student housing, but it was like AJ Spurs back in the day and the spaghetti factory. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I don't know. No. So if you, if you take, if you're taking uh, foothill from San Luis out to Los Angeles Valley road, it's on the right. Okay. There's a restaurant a couple times. Gotcha. And I played music, booked some gigs there. I was working at Trader Joe's, put together a little demo and started, you know, putting that out. Yeah. Was getting little gigs here and there, just doing cover songs. And then my genius moment is when it's super busy at Trader Joe's. Yeah. I said, hey, what if I brought my stuff in and played music like in the flower section? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, this is the story I heard. Yeah. So my yeah. boss was like, okay. oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. So, I would go to uh, clock in at nine o'clock on Monday, like work the register for three hours and like, okay, your yeah. music shift is up. 
and they're literally paying me 15 bucks an hour to play music play music awesome. for them right i mean they're getting a I killer mean, deal that's pretty fucking awesome but yeah. at a bar <laughs> at a bar you've got what 50 people the whole night that are tipping you at Trader Joe's, right. you got 50 people every 20 minutes. Right. And so everyone that rolls through is like, this is amazing. And they're throwing a 5 or $10 bill in there. Hell yeah. And I'm just shoving it in my pockets. Yeah. So the first time I get done, I, I get home and I'm just emptying my pockets. And my wife's like, I mean, I made almost as much in tips as I did the whole week working for Trader wow. Joe's. And I was like, okay. This could be something. <laughs> this is, yeah, this, this is this is something. Yeah. And it was right then that they sh- switched my shift to f- the frozen section. So I was starting work at 4 a.m., we had to, one of our cars broke down and was done. So we had one car that my wife was using to go to school. So I was getting up and riding my, I was getting up at 3 a.m. to ride my bike to Trader Joe's at 3.30 in the morning oh to work the frozen God. section. Wow. And listening to podcasts and stuff in the freezer section, just like, how do I get out of here? Like, yeah. what, you know, and, and yeah. play music every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And a few like regulars, um, at traders would be like, man, you should play music for a living. I'm like, dude, I can't do music for, what are you, I'm just a bar music, you know, I'm just a mm-hmm. background guy. And uh, enough people said it, and I was kind of looking at you know the numbers. Like if I you know if I pulled off like one or two more gigs, I don't I wouldn't mm-hmm. need traders. And so in 2010, I quit traders. Okay. And I went full bore, and and then two, that that first year, I made more just playing music that first year than I made the four years combined that I worked for Trader Joe's. Wow. Holy so shit. that was like, yeah. <laughs> well, you made the right choice then, right? <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> like holy yeah. shit. And I just always <laughs> used my name. People, I, I would get shit from some people, and it, it's it's a weird thing. I'm kind of like the the redheaded stepchild in the music community because I'm not orig- I don't write original music, so I'm not the yeah. hip hip cool new guy in this. <laughs> I'm not the Dante Marsh or the Bear Market Riot. You know, I was just right. like, I'm the guy in the bar playing your favorite songs. You yeah. know, and I can I'll yeah. do a little bit of everything. And so guys would give me respect because I was in it. You know, mm-hmm. but it, but I was always in this weird position where. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was strange. Like, yeah. uh, uh, Dan from Moonshiner Collective was like, dude, come play bass for me. And like, like, like we'll do this. And I was like, right. sweet offer, bro. And he's a, he's an extremely talented musician. Yeah. But that wasn't my, th- you know, I was like, right. that's not really my thing. And so then like, I d- I've done some stuff with Bear Market Riot and mm-hmm. Nick and Kirk are good friends of mine, but it was like, oh yeah, you don't really write. You know, I'm like, no dude, I'm not a songwriter, bro. I'm yeah. an entertainer. And so that's what, like, what four years ago when I first got entertainer of the year for slow County, yeah. I was like, that's it. Like I'm not the best band and I'm not the best but musician, you're a great entertainer. but I can, yeah. I can work a room, you know, and there I've been go. in bars and I've been around campfires and I've, yeah. you know, I've done the camp thing. I've done the substitute teaching. I can entertain groups of people. Yeah. You know, I've tried my hand at comedy. I like, I, I can, I can do this, you know? Definitely. And so that, yeah. so taking that, and that was also kind of what played into being a pastor too, I think, unknowingly yeah. at the time. I think so. I think you're right. I've heard from um, there's a comedian, Pete Holmes. One of his best buddies was a pastor, and he's like, "You and I almost do the same thing, right? You, you're just you have a little stricter, uh, you know, or <laughs> the language did, guidelines, yeah. Are a little bit. <laughs> like, but it's like, yeah, that is because you got to captivate people when you're up there, even if you're just preaching about. It's like. No, you got to get their interest. It is a performance, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and you're trying to hook them in, and like you're, you're trying to, they want you want them to leave with something. Yeah, that I, makes sense. I, though, I pulled man. a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so from there, always loved bars, and built when Bill and I were done with. We actually about eleven years ago, we were going to start a bar in San Luis. Yeah, and we knew nothing, mm-hmm. and it was like I was going to put my house on the line for it, and <laughs> yeah. we were just about to pull the trigger, and I was like, dude. Yeah. Bad maybe, idea. Maybe like, not. Yeah. I could lose, we could lose everything. Yeah. And so we shelved it. And there was my buddy, Brian King and AG, he was going to be part of it. And we shelved the idea pretty much thinking that, you I know, mean, this is never going to happen again. Like we're not, we're never going to open a bar. Let's be real. Like it's yeah. just, that was cute. You know, and I was doing good with music and, 
Um, Bill had other things going on. Yeah. And when the opportunity came up for Broad Street, I was like, I mean, it's a mile from my house. I'm like, dude, I, I can't, I can't drive by this location yeah. every day and not be like, at least I tried I to know. make it my bar by my house, you know? Right. <laughs> and so here we are trying to make it happen. Well, so far so good. I'd say, I mean, I, that's obviously like, I love hanging. That's one of my hangouts. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it sounds, man, and that's uh, so a lot of, you know, before we started, you kind of asked the theme, but like, I just like talking to creative people and busy people because, you know, and, and also asking about the balance because, you know, you're, you're doing creative shit by playing music all the time. Even if you're not right, that's, it's creativity. Right, right, right. Um, and so we always ask people that do it cause I'm not a full-time creator. I'd love to be somehow someday, like figure it out. It's just kind of like you, but you did. can tell it's in you. Like you love to draw, you love to do this, you know, and it's right. like you're trying to, you're, you've got to be doing something Yeah, or you I, won't be happy. Exactly. It's the same that, way. It's that need. It's like, okay, I need to do this. But, right. and I, I think you, you've got, I mean, it, it sounds like you have a lot of fun doing it. And so I wonder if you have. Do you, do you have to, do you feel the need to like get away? Do you have a hobby that's not that, like not music, not creativity or. I, uh, I love doing art. Yeah. But I'm, I'm so hard on myself. Really? I, well, welcome to the club. Right. Right. Every artist ever. And so that's what I'm, so this year I actually got this little journal and I'm like, I'm going to make myself draw on it every day. Yeah. And every day I just look, I'm, I, I, it's so funny cause I'll be like, you suck, dude. What are you like? What are, <laughs> what are you doing? And it's like, why does it have to be like. Does, it doesn't have to. It just can be a creative release. It doesn't have to be judged. Hundred percent. And that's yeah. so hard to get away from the yeah. judgment. Yep. Even in music, especially like music and the music scene, like yeah, like who's better than you know? Like I, I, I try not to play into that, but it goes through my head. I'm sure. Well, you know? I think that I mean you're human, man. It's right. and you you have if you were a egomaniac, you wouldn't think twice about it. You just feel like it doesn't matter. But it's or you know or you just you're like. The egomaniacs, it's like, no, I know how good I am, but it's hearing that also for people that do the same stuff. It's nice to yeah. hear that, like, oh, I'm not alone. That that goes through his head too. It's right. like he's successful, but he also has hangups. Oh, oh dude, every like, yeah. I mean, every time I play, I'm like, who, I, I'm just a, like a shitty bar musician. What is it? You know, what, who am I to like? Which is, and once this is good, like, if, I, like I am a dime a dozen. Like, if you if you rounded up the entire country right. and you said. Anybody that can do a three-hour set of cover songs on a guitar, I mean, there's that's... thousands of, and there's and there's thousands that should have been professional that sure. aren't professional, and so as long as you are thankful and just like, man, I'm stoked that I get an opportunity or that I've, I'm getting hired to play gigs, yeah, then you know that's and, and most of the musicians in our community, like everyone's pretty cool. Seems like it. Yeah, seems I mean, like a good local scene, like the local. It's hard, bands. And, and there's there's bands that that could or should be way bigger than they are yeah but they love it here but you can't you can't build up a fan base here right it's yeah and it's hard resonation yeah. uh still time which is now moonshiner collective bear market riot i mean mm-hmm. they're doing a little they're, they're touring they're getting out there but you know uh, nick has a kid and he and they love the they love being here and you can't yeah. just get on a bus and go no. tour for three months which yeah. is what you need to do nowadays yeah. you have to get out there and build a fan base absolutely and yeah. there's guys that are, are I mean, it was just good and bad. I mean, I was stoked that I get like Pat Piercing, who I play in guitar circuits with. That guy's one of the best guitar players I've ever played with in my life. Mm-hmm. He's here doing music lessons and he plays with me and he plays with Resonation and Quester Ridge. And, but you know, it's like, do, do I want to try and be a rock star, which is, you know, a small shot or do I want to like try and carve out a comfortable right. living on the central coast, you know? Yeah. 
I think that's a huge question. I think everybody that is a creator or musician, artist, whatever it is, like, I think that question probably pops up a lot that like, where does this go from? And I, you know, doing this podcast, like I don't make money doing it, but it, I, I don't do it right now for, for money. It's right. It's because it's an outlet for me. And Hey, Absolutely. If, if one day it, it makes money for me, awesome. Or if it leads to something that does that I can be creative, but it's like, but I think that that question always remains like, well, what, how far am I willing to go with this? It's that commitment to yeah. your, to your art or yeah. whatever it is. And it's when like, you got to constantly throw out lines out there. You yeah. Know? Like if you're yeah. not, like if you're just sitting in your living room playing Xbox, like hoping that someone discovers your creative potential, it's not going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. you have to try, you have to fail. You have right. to get that stuff out there, you know? Yeah. And very true. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there, this kid. So Bill's got a son, Josh Cody. He's a local in the area. He's a brilliant musician, but I knew him when he was like 14 and he was a shitty musician. And he yeah. like, he, I would be like, dude, this is not your thing. Like <laughs> don't do music. Yeah. But he's like next level. Like, I don't know. I, wow. I don't know if he ever will go. Cause he, him, he's like, he's got like, he's composing like movie scores in his head. You know, one of those wow. guys that it's just yeah. like, Huh. And he like he doesn't he doesn't care if he ever gets a gig again. It's like that's his passion, you know. And I'm like, man, like, you know, find a way, you know. That yeah. I had a buddy, um, Darren Clark. He used to have a, a music a studio here, and he had a guitar school. And uh, he's had fame on many different levels, but started out doing music in the church. And and uh, he just said, hey, dude, there's lots of ways to to make money doing music. Like, if you're yeah. looking to be a rock star, you know, yeah. that's that's probably not going to happen. But like. Right. Find your niche. Find a th- find a thing that you do that you do well yeah. that people will pay you to do, and that's your that's your in. I think that's good advice too, and just good to hear for you know that's because everybody everybody's got their pipe dreams. But oh yeah, you know it's. I think that's the that and the, again doing it the persistence of like find a way in no matter what, and you never know like yeah because then all of a sudden you're making money doing shows and you're like this is pretty rad yeah like the perspective zoom out and we always talk about the zoom out and be like yeah i'm i'm doing my art for i'm doing something i love for money yeah like, well i got it i got a, I had a gig, the gig this last saturday where a local real estate company pays me to play guitar in their open house yeah and people were like well, you're gonna do that i'm all i got 500 bucks for two hours yeah yeah uh, i'm gonna do that yeah <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. I have no problem with that. If you yeah. I, I, if you can call me whatever you want or say I'm a sellout or whatever, but like, I literally sat, drank beers, played guitar for two hours, got five hundred bucks on a Saturday last minute. Like, come on. I don't think. I mean, if somebody holds that against you, then they're <laughs> that they they need to that it's their jail. They're projecting. And yeah. That's like, and, and I, I was ugh. I was the wedding singer. I mean, I did over 150 weddings on the that's Central awesome. Coast. <laughs> um, Oh yeah. Yeah, and I mean most weddings people are like, "Oh, you did you did weddings?" I'm like, "Yeah, I made 300 bucks an hour." Yeah. I mean, you name me the career that puts that kind of money out. I mean, right. And you're having fun doing it too. It sounds like you're not miserable yeah, doing it. Yeah, but I just stopped know? doing cuz I wasn't having fun. So I'm like, "Dude, oh, I'm okay. done with I'm like now it's kind of referrals only and I'm not pushing to do weddings." Yeah. Uh, I'm still pushing to do bars and guitar circus. We're going to kind of make a, a resurgence this year. I've got a project with a couple guys locally. We're gonna try and do like a punk rock dad's punk rock band of just nice. doing old school punk covers and yeah, kind man. of bring that back because there's an, there's no one else is doing it and there's an audience for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And if you knew, hey, there's guys I'd go, yeah, I'd go see. these guys are doing you know Misfits and Black Flag and it's gonna be you know, two it. hours at Frog and Peach, you know. I mean, I'll show up for sure. Right. I know Clint would too. <laughs> right? Like we're we're down for that. You gotta get Clint on stage again, man. That guy's that guy's been. <laughs> I know. He needs man. to show his skills. Yeah, he does. He he wrote me a little intro ditty uh, for this. Oh, awesome! 
maybe I'll use it on this. Yeah. I might use so the other I don't know if you've um met anybody. There's a band called Bunkers. I interviewed them like two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but and I'm just I was like this is gonna sound like I can pay you in recognition and beer if you guys write me like an intro ditty uh-huh. and i was like i might use it like every other one and so they're like shout out to you bunkers boys thanks for uh working on that they sent me like a little uh sample and i was like that's so fucking cool oh that's awesome i because i used to be doing it myself on garage band and uh-huh. just uh, again i'm not a songwriter or a composer i fuck around on drums sometimes i noodle on guitar just but nothing like i'm not a musician uh-huh. And so doing it myself was like, it's like, yeah, I can, I can get by. I'll, you know, hit, hit three chords on a synth and loop it and then put a drum behind it. Be like, there's my intro music. But again, like doing this has, I've met some bands and musicians and been like, Hey, would you, uh, like the dude that did my logo, Josh Diaz, like met him through some people and he was like, yeah, I'm a graphic designer. I was like, Hey, would you want to design my logo? So it's sick. He made a killer logo. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it's sick oh yeah, if you need logos, Josh Diaz can hit him up. He's awesome. Um, but that's awesome to hear too, that you're like, you've made it, you've, you, I mean, you ground it out and you're still, like, I don't, I, like you said, I don't know anybody that can sit there and play. I personally, well now I know, I mean, I know you can sit <laughs> really? there and play three hours worth of covers. It's Four like, or five hours. Yeah. I've done, I've done like, it. Yeah. That's, that's valuable, man. Because you've got that catalog in your brain, and like, how do you even keep room for well, any other so things? Well, I, so I, I have my iPad, so I make okay. I make a, a Word document with all the songs I know. Okay, it's got the lyrics and kind of like you know the key suggestions gotcha. or maybe the main riff in the song. Okay, because otherwise I'm, I'm at a thousand songs right now, dude. There's no way you're gonna commit a thousand that thousand yeah. songs. So there's no way you're gonna commit oh that my, to memory. That's my that was my question. It was like, how the <laughs> fuck do you remember all that? No, you can't. I mean. You can memorize a set, and like, yeah. and my buddies Matt Suarez, even Dan uh, Curcio, like they'll memorize a set. But they're like, if yeah. you, if you tr- they can maybe take a couple requests, but they're like, uh, that's what Matt Cross does, dude. Don't 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 mess with me, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, but I do like. There's I even forget songs I know how to play anymore. Or I'll hear something and be like, oh my gosh, I used to play that song. I haven't played it in wow. a while. Or, so I have to constantly go back and kind of rehearse and make sure that there's like I haven't have I played it for a while. Some some like in the songbook, you know, it's songs one through a thousand, and everyone's. I'm like, okay, today I'm just gonna do like songs three eighty five through four twenty. See what wow. see, see. Make yeah. sure I can play all those, you know. Um, and I and I take a lot of requests, which has been that's kind of that's kind of what sealed the deal for me in this county was. Yeah. Um, because you you play all the time, people get burnt out. You know, you see. Sure. I, I don't care who your favorite band is. If you've seen like, yeah, I was a fish head back in the day, and I went to over thirty shows. You know, and I'm, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to go. Again. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I, I went to Dave Matthews 10 times. I'm like, solid. I saw him completely. Yeah. Like, I don't need to go Done. again, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't do like, what, why would people come back? And, and, uh, I try and learn new songs or rework songs, do what the kind of the new, whatever. And that's hard when you do new songs that are popular because yeah. they're a flash yeah. in the pan and you put all this effort into it and then nobody wants to hear it for a couple of months, you know? So it's, right. it's, it's like, do I waste the time on it? That's but. tricky. Well, good. I mean, that, that takes a lot of like, you got your ear to the ground then for that. And that, that's hard work. Um, so what it, I mean, your people can't see you right now, but we'll take a selfie, but <laughs> people that know you in person, like you're, you're a fit dude. You're a big dude. I assume like working out is a big part of like releasing yeah. some of the, like when your creative cup is full and you're like, 
needed to burn off some steam like is working out kind of your a good outlet for your brain well, to just like organize yeah or? that's a great question um so i, I yeah i'm a, i'm just by nature a, a big dude a big frame i uh when i was little um it was like everybody in my family played sports and i had no okay. interest like i had literally really? i was like watching grass grow like wow we, i watch football i'm like yeah you guys were like you guys care about that? like i just didn't care yeah and I was like, you're, it was, I was, it was drilled to me. You're going to be a football player. You're born to be a football player. You're from a family of football players. Yeah. So I played flag football for a little bit when I was a kid and then played my freshman year in high school. And I was just like, I, this is not me. Not, yeah. Didn't click. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't watch football. I don't care about football. And I started ditching practices because I was just over it. And I was going playing guitar <laughs> yeah. with, these, with, with some buddies and the coach is just like, you're still here. I'm like, yeah, dude, my dad can't know that I, like I quit the team. He's like, we, you're not on the team. I go, well, I, I got, I got to show up at the games. Right. And so I literally, <laughs> I, I would not go to practice. Like I go to the yeah. game, dress out. And they were like, who the hell is this kid? You know? <laughs> and I remember it was like, our, it, was, awesome. it was like our championship game. My dad was there and the two guys that played my, he's like, why aren't you starting? I'm like, I don't know. They, you know, fucking coach. And, uh, the two guys that played my position got hurt and the coach played with one less player in the field. He would not put me He's in. He's like, the Nope, you're not. A, that's, like, I don't know who wow. that kid is. Yeah. So, oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. So that was my last, I played basketball. Um, I, I enjoyed basketball as a, as a kid and played up until, cause I, I, I got really big, really fast. Yeah. So when I was 12 years old, sixth grade, I was five eleven, 180 pounds. Yeah. That's at 12. Big. Sure. 13, 14. So I hit my freshman year at 6'1", 205. Mm -hmm. And they're like, it was easy because I was like, I'm a foot taller than other kids. I'm way bigger than them. You know, <laughs> yeah. but then everyone kind of balances out. So by the time you're, you know, you're a junior yeah, now, yeah. I'm like, my six one isn't cutting it. Like there's right. the six, six guy, you know? <laughs> and so all of a sudden I'm not as good as I was. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm done. You know? So I, I played it for a few years, kind of just, and then I stayed my junior year just kind of cause I was active. But in eighth grade, um, I it was the first time I got hit with gnarly depression. Like, yeah. oh, like, like, like it, uh, floored me like my, I would focus on death and it was just like mm. uh, my I was just got super dark and they wanted to put me on medication and my I started working out my, with my dad in the garage and just that endorphin level kind of combated it and I was like yeah. Man, I don't I don't really want to be on meds yeah. so um, I started working out at like 13 years old and then since then that's kind of been my thing is like I work out to combat depression yeah so if I don't like, I'll start to have anxiety attacks or whatever and so you know so, I mean, there, yeah, there is a, a, a aspect of like wanting to be fit, but there's like the main sure. reason I do it is to not have anxiety and depression. Yeah. And that's kind of what has helped me fight that off in my life. So, yeah, it's, it's funny because I go into gigs and people are like, oh, are you the, you know, are you the roadie? Was, you know, you're like, like, no, dude. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I have to work out. Yeah. You don't, maybe one day you'll understand. Yeah. They don't expect the, the singer to be 6'2, 280, you know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can be the bouncer and the musician. So, um, but yeah, I've never, I've always been super mellow, dude. I've never been in a fight in my life. I've never, yeah. I've never been aggressive. Uh, always kind of just pursued peace and love and, and, uh, just look, luckily I got the big guy suit. So sure. <laughs> yeah. Helps, people you know? look at you and say, I probably, yeah, if they're, if they're feeling really dumb, they're going to try and start shit with you. But, but usually they're like, and then like, I'm, I'm always like, I'm like, they're you know, fuck you and your mom. I'm like, oh, it's cool. Dude, let me buy you a beer. And like, you know, we're yeah. best friends by the end of yeah. it. You know, so. Well, that's good, man. That's, I. That's huge too. No, I think figuring that kind of shit out when you're that young, knowing something that works, because I mean, we know plenty of people these days that are on meds, and it's like, 
you know, yeah, some people probably should be on meds. Right. But I'm I'm kind of the same way. Like I've learned that being getting exercise, like because I'm the same way, dude. I have anxiety and depression, and it's like, yeah, and that sounds. It's so weird to say that that's common now, but it's like, no, most people should have anxiety about yeah. life we're, for we're, fuck's we're, sakes. We're, like, one, we're <laughs> one of the few cultures that has the luxury of being depressed. <laughs> that's right. You know, there you go. It, it's cause I it, like that. You think about um, it's a good way to put other it. Other places like they, they, there's just bad stuff going down all the time. Right. And they don't have time to like have That's the luxury right. to sit back and contemplate life and That's be depressed right. about their, you know. So we have the luxury of being depressed. Yeah. Um, and you kind of take that all, and, and I mean, a lot of that playing into the, I had a heavy religious uh, upbringing, and you know, that's what I went to school for and, tra- okay. and studied for. That's why I became a pastor too. That's yeah. I was going to ask you about that, like but, how that that was. So that was a child from childhood. Yeah, is, yeah. And when yeah. you know, when, when you're indoctrinated as a young age. And, you know, I, I think I still believe in God. I, I, I want to believe in a, in a God. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm open to anything. I'm, I'm open to... That's hell. I think that's a healthy way to be. Yeah, I, I, I think I went through life anything. so long. I went through life so long thinking I was absolutely 100% right and everyone else was wrong that now I'm like, yeah, you know what? Christianity could be true. Atheism could be true. Mormonism, right. I, don't, I don't think that's true. But, <laughs> but you know, there, there's, you know, there's, we love you, Mormons, yeah, but, yeah. but really, let's but, get real. Let's here. be real. Uh, but you know, Scientology no too. Underwear. I'm not, not going to back Scientology, but you know, no. it, like yes, there could be a God. Jesus could be the Son of God. Sure. Uh, there could be no God. There could be, I, I, you know, we I don't know, and I'm like yeah. I don't have I don't have a need to find out anymore. Yeah. I know there's a universal sense of love and goodness, and like we mm-hmm. all. Everyone would agree on that. Nobody wants to be shitheads. Everybody wants to love other people. You want to lift up the down, you know the downtrodden. You want to like make your world a better place. And I think no matter what people believe, they could all agree on that. And so sure. that's kind of where I've centered myself on is like, let's try and love each other, love each other, make the world a better place. Let's not be dicks. It's a good. I think I, if you err on that, like, you can't go wrong. No man, I'm with you there. And I think you know. A uni- and this is a duh cliche coming up, but the universal language is music, I think. for Absolutely. Like, it connects so many people that would never meet each other to begin with or have never met. And yet, you know, you go online and like one of my, I'm a metalhead mm-hmm. for life. and But I also love a, a lot of other shit. Like, I've got a pretty wide, eclectic taste. But, you know, I was looking at, one of my favorite uh, dudes I listen to this this dude uh, his band is called Hell Ripper and he's out of Scotland. This kid, he's I don't know how old he is. James McBain. He's he looks young as shit. Like he's probably in his twenties, uh-huh. and he just shreds guitar and he does like they're rad Hell Ripper and it, okay. and I looked and because you know they did the, Spotify did that whole like here's oh, yeah, yeah. profile like uh-huh. for you know the certified artists. Like how there here's how many countries are listening to you, how many art you know, and it's like he had like over thirty countries that listen to him. I'm like, I could go to middle of fucking 
you know, Budapest wearing a Hell Ripper t-shirt and uh-huh. someone might see that and be like, Hell Ripper, you know, like, <laughs> how cool is that? Like, yeah. that's fucking cool that music can do that. Well, like, it's, it's funny. Uh, so, like, you know, music, worship was a big part of church when I was when I was in it. Yeah. Right? I always thought it was just crappy music, to be honest. <laughs> People are like, did you really worship? I'm like, no, it was just this weird melancholy, like, <laughs> it was just crappy. Like, you know, and I would, I would look. Yeah. Like, I what would, do you mean? Amy Grant is amazing. <laughs> I remember being, I, I was somewhere and I was like, Dude, listen to Bob Marley. Like he's religious. Yeah, like, he's passionate yeah. about Rastafari, and his music's killer. Yeah, and he and he's and like he's no excuses making music that he wants to make. But you know, it would it would just bug me and that. And then I would just look at these. You know, the different the the emotion you feel when you're with three hundred to ten thousand people. To I was at Iron Maiden with twenty three thousand people a couple How months cool ago. Is that? Yeah, and it's like, dude, there's Fuck. like when you were with that many people, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter what the lyric content nope. is because people aren't. No. Even with Iron Maiden, like they they they, they had a shtick in the in the in the eighties, and it was like let's be satanic, you know. But like none of those guys, it was just their right. their thing, you know. Right. But to be there when Number of the Beast is playing at the Bank Auditorium, and like you've got all these people that are like. Oh, you know, it was insane. Or, or you know, Battle of Mexico City when Rage Against the Machine. Like you watch that show, and it's just yeah. like, oh my gosh, just that feeling when you've got that many people just to bonded together. And that was the same thing for the Dead and for Fish shows too. Like, yeah, you just like not that the Dead was that amazing. You know, I go sure. back, and I'm a big Dead, dead fan. But there's songs where I'm like this song suck. I mean, you know, <laughs> come on, let's let's be real. Like this song, this, yeah. this song should stop playing ten minutes ago. And we, we were still on a you know, forty minute jam, but. It was that people want to be the connection. They want to have that family, that community. So whether that's church, whether that's your favorite band, whether that's you're you're into plushies or what you know, (laughs) you're you're at Comic Con or whatever your thing is. Yeah, you look for a community of people that love and back you up and support you. And absolutely, and that boils back down to having the pub too. You know, yeah, because we don't have that in our culture. Like where where, you know, it's it's a mainstay in European culture, a place where you can just go and like see people and yeah, and just like. I just want to go say hi to somebody and just be, feel connected to the yeah. community and not just sit at home because we're so with the internet and everything. He's like, everyone's just so, you know, isolated. Yeah. You got to have a place where you can go hang out with people. You know, hundred percent, man. That's, that's huge. And that's why I like, you know, going to broad street and hanging there. Like it is a, it's a cool, the, I, and I, what, again, did you, did you guys come up with that name? Broad street public house? Uh, Actually, to be honest, my friend Adam Murray, who was the bartender at um, Pappy McGregor's in okay. town, he was going to originally buy it uh, before Krista bought the wine shed from um, Ash Management. And he was going to, it was going to be, the, uh, yeah, please. Uh, it was going to be the um, Broad Street uh, Social Club. Okay. That was it. And, and so, Not a bad name either. But. Yeah. And, but as, and yeah, and he had a business plan for it. And so we took that and I was like, you know what? Yeah. That kind of sounds exclusive. I don't want it to sure. sound. I don't want someone to drive by and go. Oh, I'm not a member of the club, or I haven't. Right. I don't know what that's about. So yeah. I, and public house was always. We always loved the term pub, and and yeah, that's where it came from. And I know it hadn't been used a lot here, so I was like, we. I'm like, let's use it and let's educate people. And know, like the public house back in the day was the house that some dude served beer in, and that was everyone hung out there, and that was yeah. the public house, which yeah. became the pub. It's fucking money, dude. Yeah, and so, uh, Bill. I mean. Our intent, I was like, yeah, someday we'd love to make money from it, but that wasn't, sure. that wasn't our, I don't, we, neither of us needed this. Right. It was more of a. It's a passion project. In, in, like, yeah. We, 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 yeah. we want, I like being there and I like, 
I like going in there and meeting somebody who's been there for the first time and they're just looking for someone to talk to or meet or, you know, mm-hmm. and just to connect with somebody, you know? Yeah. And even the, the girl, I love when women come in and they feel safe there. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a big thing. Yeah. For like sure. I, I can come in by myself and they know that we are, our bartenders are looking out for them and we're like, yeah. Hey, if you need to help or, you know, you want that dude gone, no problem. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. let us know. We got you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's a good spot. You guys have a, it's it's popular, and I hope it gets bigger and more popular. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, and I and I tell you know anybody that's like, where do you go? I'm like, honestly, Betas and Broad Street are my two because it's number one. They're both cl- really close mm-hmm. to where I live, but just the feel in there. It's like, and you guys have done it, done such a good job of making. And also, I love too that you guys included shit to do at the bar. Like you got the notebooks oh, with coloring pe- colored pencils, like. I don't understand why, like, to me, that is such a simple, because, look, we can all go go to the bar and just sit there and look at, peel our beer glass, you know, yeah. or peel our beer bottle, like, peel Stare the label ESPN off. news on the TV or whatever. Like, yeah. But you guys have, like, darts. You got shuffle puck or shuffleboard. I say shuffle puck. That's I'm okay. not sure. I'm not Canadian either, so <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> I heard it once and I liked it. <laughs> but you guys, you guys are doing a great job, and uh, the record player, like, it's fucking rad in there, man. Thanks, man. It's one it's, of my, it's like one, of, it's one of my little clubhouses, you know. It's, I love it, and I, I want, I want to be more people like that. I want that that just own it, like it's, it's yeah. all of ours, you know. We own it yeah. together, and and to, for people that like, that's why we're gonna do a fundraiser for our patio, hopefully coming up for the summer, and just give people, be op- fucking awesome, give people opportunity to buy into like. Yeah, like some of our incentives were like, hey, you, you know our big big mural on the wall. My, yeah. my my mom painted that. Oh no shit! Yeah, that's and, awesome. And so uh, one of the one of the incentives, like at a certain level of donation, like my mom will paint your face on one of the people in the in the mural. That's pretty you know? cool. And so like, I mean, it's, yeah. it's gonna be one of those high end things. But, yeah, like, um, yeah, that's a great like, idea. Because I was telling Bill, I'm like, we have no money. Like we 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 I, I we, yeah. we can put no more money to this. We need a patio. Yeah it's going to cost us like 30 grand. How yeah. do we do this? You know? And I'm like, I'm like, let's do GoFundMe or let's do Kickstarter. People will. Yeah. yeah. And, but we got to give them a thing like, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll give you like, we'll wood burn your name onto the wall or, sure. we'll, you know, make, make own a piece Put of Put a it, plaque you know? on, on a bar seat or whatever. That's one of our, that's going to be one of our things too. And, yeah. uh, limited, you know, some, some special edition shirts and hats. And that's another thing. Like we've got our, you know, our basic design shirts and hats, but, uh, I, I've been wanting to do like, this guy Ken Wellencamp over at Threadhead down the road from us, he's a full music fan too. And I'm like, dude, yeah. like if you ever have time, bro, like do like a album cover, redesign it with our logo. Oh, that'd be cool. And I'll pay you for your time. And we'll, yeah. let's do limited runs of shirts, you know. So are you like, hey, did you get the you know the Grateful Dead one, or did you get the Led Zeppelin one, or the Black yeah. Flag one? You know, just do like special artwork that you do, and we'll you know charge me for it. I I, I want everyone to get paid. You know, I don't want anyone yeah. to donate. Um, but so, so working with him and doing some special stuff like that, and and uh, I want I want us to get an art night going. Like let's get let's yeah. get let's get in yeah. there like a, a regular night and Absolutely, encourage people. Man. And I'll I'll throw down money for supplies and get people to come in there because it's it's awesome. Like having those uh, those little art journals out there and seeing what people yeah. put out there. Yeah, I don't know if he's the, the Cody who comes in a lot. He's a he's a ex marine, still a pretty young kid, but he's the one who did all that crazy. Uh, 
uh, Inktober. I don't know if you saw. Oh that. yeah, yeah. It was like yeah, was like crazy, I did. Like comic book art. That was like, awesome. Stuff. Oh, it's ins- I, I watch him do one of them. I'm like, oh my yeah. gosh, I would have never known. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, dude, and so do I, that more. That's why yeah. I pinned it up on the wall. I'm like, dude, that guy's incredible. Yeah, that know? is fucking rad. I've saw, I've seen that, and I was, I did, I thought, I thought that was yours. I've seen some of your shit, and I was like, that's cool too, dude. Like, yeah, mine's more like uh, acid abstract LSD. You know, well, I mean, you've seen maybe some of my skulls <laughs> yes, fall yes. in the bender blend. Like, yeah. yeah, clearly, like there's some psychedelic acid going on but you know that's a great idea and um i would definitely be on board with that um i think collaboration and any maybe it's not even collaboration but like doing like every saturday i'll meet up with my friend audrey and our friend amen and uh his friend cody just joined in but we always open invite of like hey come do art with us every saturday but like we all agreed that doing it with people is um it kind of takes that it's there's a weird accountability of like yeah well they're gonna go draw well i should probably go draw yeah even if you're not feeling like it there's some about like doing it in a group of like or even if it's no you're not collaborating on one piece right, but like right. you know you watch your buddy doodling over there and you're like it like i see audrey paintings or drawing her fucking red and she's a crazy good artist and so is Eamon. but you know i look at what they're doing i'm like that's fuck. It's inspiring to be around yeah. that, and so I think that that is a huge draw to like have and open that invitation of just like you like doing art. Oh, I'm not very good at it. Doesn't matter. Come do it anyways. Yeah, like doesn't matter. It's, come do it in a place, and it's it's a social gathering. Like you might you might doodle for ten minutes and then talk for an hour. Like, but the point is like you're out and doing it, doing and pushing something. yourself, and you get better by doing. Yeah. I had a buddy in college. He was a I thought he was an amazing artist and he would, he did a journal his whole life, but he did it. He did it like comic strip style. That's mad. And it was, wow. it was so cool. That and, is, uh, that is very he cool. just taught I me. Mean, and I was like, Oh man, I, I wish I could draw. He's like, just start drawing. He's like everyone's got a thousand bad drawings in them. You just got to get them all out, you know? Yep. And, and I've noticed that too. That's why as I push myself or look, you know, look for artists that inspire me and, and, uh, have fun with it. As soon as you stop judging yourself and just enjoy yeah. it and look at everyone's got a different skill set and a different gift and a different style, just like with music, you know, and, and, and yeah. as soon as you stop like trying to think about who's trying to be the best or who, you know, it's not an award. It's just right. Get it it's out. Expression. Be therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's key too. It's the expression. It's like, it's, and I, we drive that home on this podcast. Our point is always like, cause creativity is our big umbrella. And then we have all the shit that falls underneath but it's always the motive. Like, how do you stay motivated? It's like, I'm not motivated all the time. I've taken months off from doing the podcast and then I feel guilty, which is a good thing. Cause it's like, well, I should probably get back to it. Like this it's, you remember, and then you do one or two podcasts and you, or whatever you do a drawing or two. And you're like, you re, you remember that feeling of like, yeah. Oh, this feels good. I should probably remember that, that that feels good to do it and just find a way to do it more like, nobody can give you the right answers how to motivate yourself but it's like if you can find that formula of like that's why like the social gathering of like hey go do art with your friends out in public and like drink beer and hang out and have a good time it's like it takes the pressure off like i gotta make this piece perfect it's like there's no no such thing just go fucking create man absolutely (laughs) the coolest thing has been my seeing what my eight-year-old daughter our twin daughters yeah, other oh, twins. Yeah. Holy shit! And seeing them like sit down with me, like, Dad, can we draw? I'm like, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And seeing the stuff they come up with or that their ideas, or you know, and sometimes they'll that's copy cool. me. And, like, 
well, Dad, I copy you. I go, we copy everyone copies yeah, each other. I got the, I, we copy everything. Like exactly, you do your thing, girl. Like don't yeah. you know? It's I try to explain the difference between plagiarism and you know creative license, and I'm like, you're not stealing an idea. You're just yeah giving it a shot. And my daughter's come up with her own like style of stuff, and I I That's awesome. I, I love her artwork. I mean, I know I'm her dad, but yeah, like, the stuff that she does, I'm like, it makes me so happy to see her like creativity and her draw her little favorite yeah. animals and. And uh, yeah, both my daughters to do their thing is like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. It's a yeah, it's it's an encouragement of like go like you don't nobody. Yes, of course, there's people are gonna have outlines for you, but if you can just figure out that what what do you really want? Because I'm a late bloomer, dude. I never drew or painted in high school. I never I played a little bit of music in high school, like drums, but I was mostly sports and just kind of like daydreaming, uh-huh. and, and then like. When I was 30, my mom was like, hey, do you want to come paint? Like, she's like, I got a bunch of canvases. And I was like, yeah, I guess. And like, and all of a sudden something clicked, you know, like four hours went by and I was like looking at all this canvas I was painting on and drawing and slapping paint around. And I was like, this is fucking great. Right. Like, oh, I mean, and I didn't think like, oh, this could be a living, but it's like this, that feels really good. Like my brain needs that release. Absolutely. Like, holy shit. <laughs> My my mom was an art teacher, and okay. and it didn't like it was never really that big of a part of our our upbringing. To be honest, yeah, uh, it's funny is my mom supported our family. Like my dad was out of work for a long time, and she made like fabric banners for churches. Wow, and that was like her. I mean, that like basically fed my family through the eighties. Like she would and she would just take like felt and fabric and cut stuff up and kind of the, these like she would glue them together. They were all like glued. Um, and it was like these kind of fancy like wall tapestries basically for wow. churches. And uh, she made killer money doing that. And then like m- like mid to late 80s, she started doing like the puff paint sweatshirts. And oh, that was, yeah, dude. dude my puff mom, paint. She was a factory, dude. She, like, wow. she would she would do like maker's markets and that kind of thing on the weekends and literally support her family 100% off. She would crank out these like, you know, designs. Or I remember her biggest one was like uh, – are we having fun yet? And it was like, it was Christmas lights, but then they started to like <laughs> break awesome. apart and stuff. And it was like, it was like this, you know, but she, she sold thousands of these sweatshirts across the country wow. in the eighties. That is awesome. And just killed it, you know? And, and then she went on like, um, later in life, she was an art teacher. She, my dad worked this for this company out of uh, Lincoln, California called Gladding McBean. Hmm. It's a 120 year old company. Uh, it's a clay mine and they make sewer pipe and roof tile and, their biggest thing is they do the gargoyle work around buildings. Oh, wow. Like That's Chicago, badass. San Francisco, New York for 120 years. And Holy so she shit. got into that where like they would call me like, hey, we need to have this like there's this like woman of justice of, the, of this building in Chicago. We need to have this redone. And so she would wow. have to look at it and re-sculpt it at like three-quarter size because when it bakes, it, you know. And, oh, and, yeah. And it, it shrinks down. Yeah. And it was yeah. it, like the stuff she was doing, like I'm like. I just remember you doing puff paint sweatshirt. I didn't know you were like legitimate artists. Wow, like, that's badass. And she sculpted yeah. with them for a long time. And, and you know, they, they had this original sculpting room in this company where the last day in like 1918 or something, like they, they, they closed this office and they've kept it there. They, they haven't touched a thing there wow. in like the last hundred years. No shit. And you can go look. And my dad loves, because he worked there for, he's not working there anymore. He retired, but um, we go take tours of the factory. And it was just uh, this crazy old factory with awesome. all these old sculptures and stuff. But yeah, art, I mean, it's huge. And it, it, our culture doesn't give us a, a, enough credit. You know, I think we give it a, too much credit to uh, 
sports and academics, but where you, like the, the creative side, we kind of we kind of lose a little bit. Yeah, there's yeah, there's <clears throat> it's all about you know how do you find that balance? It's like well, strike a balance somewhere, you know. And it's I don't I'm sure it's been said on this before, but we always it's like it's not too late to go do something creative. Yeah, and you know everybody, I've never had a calling like oh this is ex- i know for sure this is what i'm doing um right but more and more the more i'm around artists and creative people and musicians all that shit it's like that's what i that's what i've been craving is like because then it makes me think about what i'm what i can do what i'm capable of and it's like that's that's you know that's air Clint does dick fingers air quotes <laughs> dick fingers of advice just for people that are like stuck like go find a fucking pick up a pen doodle if that's not it pick up some you know paint and slap it on that's how I started painting was I literally took three colors and like smeared them together and just kind of did some shapes and I was like then I started doing it more and I was like oh that's kind of pleasing like oh learning what brush does what like okay that stroke like if I do that kind of looks like a flower or that looks like a tree you know what I mean it's Uh like all it takes is that one little like opening and you know, music is definitely something that I'm, I always have music playing and I'm not a musician, but I love trying to jam. Like somebody's like, would you ever be in a band? I was like, I don't think that I want to put that label on the pressure of like being in a band, but you know, Clint and I talk about just jamming and we've jammed a little bit and it's just that release of just fun energy of just like, Hey dude, play that one simple. And I love, jamming with Clint because he's a, number one he's a great teacher but like he's also just like dude the simple those simple riffs are so satisfying yeah like two notes just okay there's your bass line now watch I'll fucking come in with this and right, it's like right. oh shit well, you're thinking some, so like, some great like like I always think about uh, Jane Says by Jane's Addiction yeah. two chords but that <laughs> yeah. song is just powerful yeah. you know yeah. it's like Dun, 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 you know and it just that's right it drives you it's just two yeah. chords you know yeah that's um did you so i have to ask more i'm gonna dig into your as long as you're good on time yeah okay we're we're just under an hour but we'll go as long as you need to or want to um growing up so christian i grew up christian but it wasn't like we weren't it wasn't too restrictive uh-huh. just a little bit but as far as music goes like did your parents listen to just Christian music or so, was it like, were they pretty? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, my dad didn't, my dad would work in the garage on the weekends and he'd have down in LA K earth One Hundred and One, Okay. Which was the classic rock of the day, which was like fifties and sixties. Gotcha. You know, okay. Motown. And, yeah. uh, and he, so he liked music that was a little bit before his day. He, he wasn't like his, my dad was 19, what in 69. So he wasn't super into Hendrix or Zeppelin or that, but he was, but he loved the bubblegum pop of the fifties. And so I would hear that all the time. Blue moon, blue moon, blue moon. <laughs> some, some to, yeah, oh, yeah. That stuff was all around all the time. And so that for, for whatever reason, that music was okay. But then my, my, you know, the, the huge Christian movement in the early eighties of everything was satanic. You know, that was definitely <laughs> heavy in my home. Are you good on, uh, I'll take another beer. Let's do this. Uh, you want a one on one blonde? We're we're not sponsored by Fig Mountain, no. but maybe you could if I'll, you I'll wanted get, I'll, to. <laughs> I'll, work, I'll work on getting some, getting you a beer sponsor. Um, 
I used to be sponsored by CCB in my in my last podcast. Oh shit! I've had two podcasts, by the way, between the creativity, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So plug your new one coming out. But so, anyways, uh, so where were we? At? Oh, your cre- dad yeah. listened to doo-wop. And- yeah. So um, there was not a lot of music in my like that was it. It was like there was no stereo in our house. Like my dad would have okay. like the, the radio in the garage for like yard work on Saturday Sunday. Oh yeah. And I okay. remember like it. You know, nine or ten years old, I got like a radio and I had it under my bed and like, <laughs> with some speakers, and I was like, "Oh, I would like search the radio for you know, yeah. my, you know, what's yeah. this or what you know." And so it was just like music, like no, I had no influence. Wow. And then I had, a, then I got this cassette deck that plugged, you know, it was a full system where I could tape the radio. Oh yeah. So yeah. I taped the radio when I was at school to get songs, and I remember like anything from, I mean, I remember when uh, Ghostbusters came out and Ray Parker Jr.'s, you know. Who are you gonna call? I'm like, this is yeah. the best song ever written. <laughs> this is the most amazing piece of music. And I was like, and I was just, I had just had no exposure. And I remember um, when I, I, what I knew I wanted to play guitar is when I heard uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith do "Walk This Way" as a collaboration. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, that is it's the baddest good. jam I've ever heard. This is amazing. <laughs> and I, I had no idea I was listening to a rap meeting rock. It was just like that. I knew that, that song. Yeah. You know? That's interesting. Like. That's like that it because that was my question because I got lucky my par- both my parents listened to awesome music and they exposed us to you know my dad was he showed us like hey uh, here's Bella Fleck here's oh wow here's here's James Gang here's the and then my mom was like here's the Who here's Pink Floyd like they both like Pink Floyd here's Led Zeppelin um and my dad was like big into the instrumental guitarist like he oh, was uh-huh. like steve vai oh he's no like, way uh you boys need to oh fuck he's swedish uh Yngwie, Yngwie Yngwie. Yngwie. like we the were listening force. to that yeah dude like when i am a viking yeah. so bad <laughs> just don't sing dude just like eric right. jo- so like eric johnson like yeah, we yeah. listen to that all Flips that shit yeah oh dude fuck. when i heard that song i was like dude i don't know it, i just blew my mind it still blows my mind. Yeah. That, that song is like, that holds a special place in my heart, dude. Like that. I oh, love dude. that shit. Yeah. But yeah. Well, the funny thing is that, so I'd heard that song. I'm, the funny thing about that song, I'd heard that song, but this is back in the day. You don't have Shazam. You don't know what. So I <laughs> yeah. literally had to like, what oh, is that song? God. So, so yeah. I'd hear it somewhere and be like, who is that? I don't know. Finally, it was like Eric Johnson. So I'm like, okay, I got to go buy yeah. every album he has and find out what <laughs> song it is. Cause I have to have this yeah. song, you know? And that, that's I mean, funny, man. Yeah. So, so nothing, nothing was interesting. I discovered everything on my own. On your own, yeah. And I remember like seventh grade, and this my buddy's older brother was on the like a basketball team in the high school, and we're in the garage, and he put on Led Zeppelin four, and I was just like, you're like, uh, my, my dick just exploded. I, dude, I was just, <laughs> I'm just like, what is this? He's like Led Zeppelin. I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom said I'd go straight to hell if I listen to Led Zeppelin. You know. And it, you know, it's like stairway to heaven. If I listen to this backwards, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become a demon. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember listening to that. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't, if I go to hell I'll, for this, yeah. I, I don't care. It's, it's worth just, it. <laughs> this is insane. And that's when it like, like the, the the battle with my parents kind of started with music. Oh, okay. And I would just so at that time I was going. So I had a buddy, my best friend Jason Horrocks. Him and his brother were super metalheads. Yeah. And so I walked into their, like his bedroom and it was like his door and walls are just graffiti with, with metal band stickers, like Iron Maiden, Motley Crue, you know? (laughs) And and I'm like, and and like pictures Iron Maiden from like circus magazine and and, uh, metal magazine. And I was like, I'm in hell, but this is awesome. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh. And they're like, here, you want to borrow some tapes? And I'm like, are you kidding? So I remember like, I came home, like I had, I had a cassette player, but I had no tapes. And I remember I come home one day and I've got 
uh, Bark at the Moon, Invasion of Your Privacy by a Rat, uh, Theater of Pain by Motley Crue, uh, um, not Somewhere in Time, but uh, Peace of Mind. Yeah, that's great. One, and yeah. I, and I, I come back home and I'm just like, and my mom's like, oh, yeah. you're going to Satan. hell. Yeah, yeah you're, Satan's <laughs> ruling your life. And <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is it. This is this is what life is about, you know. Yeah. And then discovering, slowly discovering, like I, I remember the. I didn't know Hendrix until like the movie Point Break came out. Oh, okay. So yeah. in Point Break, there, there's a seat, there's a party scene at, at Bodie's house. Yeah. That and the guy, this guy's breathing fire, but they're playing if six was nine. That's right. And, Holy shit. And, yeah. and I, I'm like, yeah. what is this song? That's and funny. so it was after that that I went out and like, so I got a, I, I always, I, I worked from like as, as soon as I could. I remember in eighth grade, I got a job as a custodian at the church. Um, then I went on to get a work permit, so I could work at uh, uh, Little Caesars Pizza. Nice. <laughs> Worked at Little Caesars Pizza till, till I was sixteen. And I got a job at uh, Blockbuster Video. Blockbuster Video. I got another pizza job. So I always had. I was just working, hustling all the time. Yeah. And I would just buy music. Like, yeah. Uh, albums, and then pretty quickly CDs in the early '90s, and then like I would just have hundreds of CDs in my room, and just because I was like, dude, this is, yeah. I'm gonna do like this is my thing. This is yeah. And then, then like, like getting you didn't you couldn't get a guitar tablature, you couldn't get music. That's right, so yeah, I would literally listen to a song and just start just trying to noodle it out. Yeah, yeah, and then you'd start for figuring out songs, and then you you meet a buddy and like, you know how to play "Over the Hills and Far Away"? Dude, show me that. Like, let's hang out. Like, wow. I'll, I'll let's play, we, we, for yeah. hours. You're playing it, and you're like, okay, and you meet some other buddy. He knows how to play Maiden. What what song do you know by Maiden? You know, and so you're like, awesome. now you can go and have a million private guitar lessons at home. But it was like you had to find guys yeah. that knew the songs to <laughs> teach you, and you just jam with other people. And that was uh, my buddy Cole Clausen, um, uh, Bobby uh, Campbell, who's down in Ventura, does what I do down there. Uh, and they're just great, they're amazing bar musicians. And like, yeah, like, we we put in our time. 20 30 years ago like yeah learning songs from the radio you know i remember learning jack and diane listen to the radio like like i calling in like hey can you play jack and diane yeah, okay. <laughs> and then like and then, queue it up yeah and then trying like wow. to learn the song from that yeah i mean hey you kids listening you'll never know the struggle <laughs> <clears throat> now you can have a thousand private guitar you can lessons fucking from YouTube. YouTube anything yes. you want and i do that now too like well yeah if there's a song, a <laughs> yeah, song i need to learn quick i'm like I can do this right now. I can spend the next three hours or yeah. somebody's ever, and I'll t- type it into YouTube. There it is. Yeah. Show me. Yeah. Technology is great, it but is. it's also, we grew up in that gen cause I'm a few years younger than you. I think, I, I think, think you I'm, are. I'm like 10, 10. How old are you? I'm 35. I'm turning 45 this year. Okay. So fucking party on. But like, <laughs> I still remember when there wasn't the internet and yes. that's a weird yes. memory to have of like, Hearing that there's this thing maybe coming and it's the World Wide Web and we're like, what is that? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it, holy shit, I here we are. I remember like my, fir- my first year in college when the internet was like hitting yeah. Netscape and and there was like all of a sudden you could you could like look up guitar tabs and I would, yeah. I would go to my school, my college library and like print it out and I had binders, <laughs> binders. Like, I can't just, get enough, dude. I was just like, oh my gosh, like can we like awesome. figured out what we figured out how to read guitar tab? Yeah. I, I, I didn't. I never learned music. I don't know how to read music. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, but me I, neither. But I, <laughs> but I slowly through through. If the, those of you guys don't know, guitar tabs kind of like le- playing guitar by numbers. You can look it up online, but it's it's basically shows you the guitar neck and it's one you know one two three. Follow these numbers to play the guitar song. 
and then through that learning okay then that's these that's are the chords and that's yeah. an a and that's okay yeah. here's the the basic chords of that and here's the key that that's in i learned i mean i taught myself how to play them that's impressive man i mean it's and was it right away like i think you said guitar you like you heard that riff from aerosmith and you're like i want guitar as my instrument it's my thing yeah it wasn't anything else no I want to be the front man. No, yeah. I was like, dude, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be I, Joe Perry. I want to have long hair, and I want to be. And I grew my hair long, and my dad wouldn't let me have long hair in the front, so I had the king. I'll show you a picture. Oh you can God, I had, <laughs> I had probably one of the best mullets in history. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was. It's. Uh, uh, that's yeah. that's excellent. It, I mean, it's insane. And guess what? They're those. They're coming back. Dude, there's a guy. Everything is a circle. There's a guy who's Life a is a wheel. Bartender or... at uh, Mr. Rick's, and he is a mullet. And I'm like, dude, you want to talk mullets? Like, yeah. I, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> I got you beat, dude. I was the original. I'll, I'll, have, to sell, I'll have to send you the, the pic. But, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's. That's. I. Oh, holy <laughs> shit. So <laughs> if you can somehow share that to my page on yeah, the Better I'll send Blend. It to you. That is amazing. So um, yeah. people listening, like, well, I'll we'll get a picture of Matt with it's his. It's like feathered bangs. It's it's the ultimate '80s. That is hard rock metal mullet. That is excellent. That's all I needed was some eyeliner and some rouge. <laughs> yeah, no like, shit, right? For poison, you know. <laughs> Fucking jackal with a Y. <laughs> what was that? Fuck like a beast. That one song they had. Jackal, dude. That, they're like a, not even a B band. They're a C band. Yeah, they're yeah. they're pretty bad. That's, oh, that's funny. funny. I well and I grew up so, you know, my metal let's see. We'll we'll compare metal cuz <laughs> I I remember I I remember hearing Kiss and all that and I was like, "No, nah. I liked Black Sabbath, but I the first metal I got into was Pantera." Like Oh yeah. I heard Pantera and I was like, it fucking hit me on a primal level of just like, yep. I didn't get into Pantera till like recently. Really? Like the yeah. last like year, I mean, fuck. It, it was just Pantera was just past me. That's right. They were in night. I was gonna say they probably hit like night right when you were like, yeah, because you. I mean, you could. I had a tragic stage in the late '90s when I was in <laughs> Oregon and and uh, going to school, and I I was like kind of like the Lilith Fair, like Indigo Girls. Okay. Uh, you're like if you weren't like into that, sad, you weren't like get, sad music, sad uh, witch lesbian music. If you weren't, <laughs> if you were into it, you were you weren't getting laid. So gotcha. it was it was like this: you had to abandon your past and like I'm I'm only into like super acoustic like female songwriters. Interesting, yeah. That, and that was late '90s, you said. Yes, and, okay. that, and unfortunately, that's when I met my wife. So that's what she's still into. And so there's that's our biggest, probably our biggest struggle in our marriage to this day. Is You're like, honey, music. I, that was a phase. You can't like that. So, so. Yeah, since I, I went to Iron Maiden this year, and she she obviously did not go with me. But uh, I we had to make a thing. I'm like, we're doing counseling, and I was like, hey, we've been we've been married for twenty almost twenty years. Yeah, we we, we gotta we've let's uh, let's just do some premeditative counseling because like I'm like Rage Against the Machines re, is reuniting. I'm going to one if not all those shows. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going with you. I'm like, I get it. Feel free to go to Indigo Girls or yeah. Andrew Franco at the, at the Palm. You, you your thing. Yeah, our music, our music journey is just going to separate for now. We're right. not going to be together. Yeah, and that's that's fair. Like, yeah. just find a balance. Like, you like what you like. I like what I like. <laughs> um, well, when we we uh, when we do the music munchies or not even it's all over. Like, we always bring up our cheese whiz. Is what is I stole that from Jack Black. He calls his 
cheese whizzes bands or artists that you would not. So I'm a metalhead right. by soul and heart, but you know, I've been and there's always the elite. Like I, I have some friends that are metalheads that are like, I don't listen to anything else. I'm like, that's I, that's awesome, but I'm not gonna limit myself. Right. And let's so like real. you know, let's be real. Let's like. And so I always wonder, though, I'm like, I, they say that, but I'm like, are they, at, at what point do they go home and they put on some fucking Madonna or right? something? Like, some Christopher Cross Sailing comes on. Oh, like, dude, Yacht Rock, man. <laughs> <laughs> what was his other? <laughs> right like the wind, yeah. right? Was that, that was Christopher Cross. Was it? I think it was right. right like the wind. I think that was yeah. him. <laughs> fucking Yacht Rock. But that was like metal, like Pantera. And then I... It took, uh, again, late bloomer, Pantera, and then I was right in the heyday of when Korn and oh, fucking yeah. Limp Biscuit were, that was new metal, and uh-huh. and you, and then Slipknot slipped it, and I, I still like Slipknot, I don't give a shit, it's all my, I have metalhead friends that are like, they're fucking, I'm like, I don't know, I like it. And that's the thing, is like, That was just it? past me, like, what, yeah, like, as I was, I was like, kind yeah. of, I was coming into like the out of seminary like pastoral scene so right that was like okay I, I'm, I'm like yeah I'm like, antennas not, not, from hell yeah you yeah probably it's, it's not it's not happening right now so I'm, i missed some 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 music for the sure in that in that uh era but uh well that's that's that why f- i go back now like i was in I, when i work out my biggest song is a uh, walk by pantera like that song right. is insane it's one of the best like that yeah it that's awesome and that's what i love too about discovering music is like I said, I kind of wrote off some old 70s, 80s, like especially a lot of the 80s hair, hair metal, you oh, know, like that's what I, that's what I cut my teeth on. And and so I like I wrote it off cuz it's not that heavy. No, it's not. But I'm going back and listening to it, I'm like it's pretty fucking rad. It's dude, like I used to be like fuck Molly Crew and then I've heard <laughs> I started listening and that was, you know, I was listening to Pantera and fucking like all the new metal like Yeah. Uh and it's like, I go back and listen. And I'm like, all right, that's pretty fucking rad. Dude, there's Ma- some, there's some good first shit. Album, uh, it's fucking great, dude. It's a good album. It's one of my top albums of all time. It's a good album. <laughs> I was, I had like this loose connection with Motley Crue. Like, uh, my buddy Chris was a bass player, and he went down at 18 in uh, 1987 and moved down to Sunset Strip and was playing in a band. Um, uh, I forget the name of the band. There was there was like a sunset strip you know metal band yeah and he met Nikki Six and so we went down and like we met them I met Mick Mars at a bar oh, shit and I were, and I was like and I was like oh fuck dude like Molly Crew dude yeah <laughs> and uh, it's right when they're kind of like sobering up a little bit right before Doctor Feelgood comes out and then fucking Nirvana hits and blow oh, yeah. they, it was like the death sentence yeah Nirvana Pearl yep. Jam and Soundgarden destroy the eighties like, yeah. everyone just it just died. That's five, it. five or six years, it just died. Yeah, that's crazy. And it was crazy to live down there when it happened. I was happened gonna say you were in it. the scene. Yeah, yeah. and and wow. like when I was uh, huh. when I was nineteen, I was working at this um, uh, summer camp for kids, you know, and we had uh, Nikki Six kid there, and Dizzy Reed, who was the keyboard player for Guns N' Roses, um, and it was it was like a time when that music was bottoming out, and I was playing guitar and, and playing the like, cover stuff. And so me and my friend Bobby Campbell were playing this like family picnic and, and Hey parents, you want to come jam? So it's, I'm playing guitar and singing. Bobby's playing guitar 
Nikki Six from Motley Crue is playing bass, and Dizzy Reed from Guns N' Roses is playing <laughs> oh keyboards, God. and we're just like, is this happening right now? Like we're wow. doing, we're doing, we're. I covered Sweet Home Alabama with those guys in my band. Like, wow, that's that's probably the highest like rock tribute I'll ever get in my life. But I was like, wow, they were the coolest guys ever. Uh, Tommy Lee, I met him a couple times. He was super cool. Like, and even Mick Mars in a bar, I was like, I, I just saw him, and I'm like. You're fucking McMars. Like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. He's like, can I buy a drink? I'm, like, I'm buying you a drink, dude. Are you kidding me? Like, this is wow. insane. Yeah. yeah. Vince <laughs> Neil is the only one from my crew that I haven't met, but, um, yeah, it was, that's pretty wild. Holy shit. Uh, that's wild. Can I do a bathroom break? Yeah. Yeah. We'll pop. Hey, it's like we never left. Um, <laughs> so holy shit. I mean, not many people can claim they jam. I mean, you jammed with Nikki Six and and sorry, who is Dizzy Reed, the keyboard player for Guns N' Roses? He doesn't get a lot of credit. I was uh, gonna say I don't think I knew that they had a keyboard player. Uh, enduring, uh, yeah, uh, Use Your Illusion, and, okay. and he was he was big in that, but never got a lot of play. Right. But I remember being at his house, and uh, he was sending tracks to Axel for uh, Chinese Democracy, like okay. fifteen years before it came out. Wow. Because that came out like what I forget what the year they were they were working on that forever. Yeah, it was late two thousands. Yeah, so two thousand nine nine. Yeah, and so this is ninety four. Holy shit! Ninety four. He's sending he's sending tracks in for that album. Jesus. Yeah. Dizzy. What's he do now? Do you know? Do you have, you're in touch with him? No, at all? no, no. I haven't. No, I I lost touch pretty quickly right after that. Um, and it was like people were like, "Oh, you should do a band." I'm like, "What are you gonna be like?" Featuring the the, the keyboard player from Guns N' Roses, like it's not going to get you very far. That's funny. You'd yeah. have a very niche market of people that would be like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah. Well, fun thing is, so my my buddy Chris, who actually his band was called Rough Justice, and uh, <laughs> he he was a uh, good name, right? Especially for that time. <laughs> and they were, like, so he was kind of they were kind of the B bands on the strip, like in like the late eighties that never made it, you know. And so okay. Like, like died like. We're on their way to make it, but then Nirvana, yeah. you know, came and ruled all that out. Yeah. So, gosh, three or four years ago, they did a little like a reunion show at the Viper Room, and uh, he called me. He's like, "Hey, dude, will you come be like the guitar tech for the show?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm all, "Yeah, dude, give me a give me a killer hotel room down there, and I'll come do it for whatever you know." So it's like, so there's like we had like one uh, one of the guys from. Uh, Kicks was there. One of the guys from LA Guns, Tracy, Tracy Guns from LA Guns. Was oh, there. nice! And so it was all these kind of like B metal mm-hmm. bands that had an album or two, you know. Yeah. And uh, but they still wanted to feel like they were like rock gods, you know. So like all their guitars and basses there, and I'm tuning them up and running them on. Like you'll be backstage mall. There's no backstage. The Viper Room is like I don't know if you've ever been there in, in LA. No, no, I haven't. The Viper Room Small. is not much bigger than your garage right here. It's it's <laughs> super tiny. So I'm just yeah. in the side handing you know tuning up their stuff. And handing it to him and it was super fun it was fun to be down there to do it but yeah, yeah it was just like these guys that are in their you know 50s and 60s now that are, yeah <laughs> reliving the reliving glory, the glory days. days yeah <laughs> i used to it's like yeah you could still shred all right yeah. eh, kind of <laughs> i got a blowjob and three girls at the same time at that table right there in 1984 <laughs> okay cool that's not happening tonight though yeah no no those no, those are your daughters over there oh fuck you're right <laughs> right Oh God! Yeah, I mean that. That I again. I grew up in such a small town in Vail, Colorado. Like we, our music scene was very, very limited. Like we didn't. So uh, like going to see shows. I remember 
But you were in Vail, Colorado. I mean, that's right. Pretty cool. There's yeah, yeah, no complaints. <laughs> but so again, the late bloomer thing of like seeing shows that like you know one of the coolest shows I got to see in my opinion, and I think my brother Thaddeus would agree is we got to see Exodus play at a small bar in Denver two years ago, and it was like we were like they played Toxic Waltz, and we're like. We're 10 feet away, and the singer is, like, crawling out in the crowd. And he's like, let's go. And we're like, oh, this is fucking rad, dude. Like, holy shit, this is fucking cool. And, like, I've, you know, I've, I, 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 I've learned in my, in my mid-30s, I'm not going to say old age because that's not true. Yeah. But, like, I've learned to appreciate those smaller shows and seeing bands that I rediscovered or discovered anew, like, years ago that I'm like, you know, I got into thrash metal. I think my brother Thaddeus and I kind of, because I was always like, it was Pantera. I loved Kill Switch and Gay. I, uh-huh. I was the guilty pleasures of just like the late, the mid 2000s, like heavy metal scene when it was, you know, a Parkway Drive, Kill Switch and Gay. That's melodic uh-huh. death metal, I guess would be. And that that's the thing is like, there's too many genres now. Yeah. I'm like, I don't, How do you I don't even know, but that's the beauty of like Spotify and shit now is like, I get, you know, I, I, I'm a thrash metal fan for sure, but seeing these bands, you can go back and like, you can like rediscover like, yeah, it's like I, these are yeah. bands I've never really checked out, but like I can go home tomorrow and like kill switch engage and I can yeah listen to every album they ever had. You know, that's the, that's the cool part of it. Yeah. I remember for me, it was eighth grade. My, my cousin was living in his garage. His, my, his, his, his parents were split up and his mom let him live in his garage so we built the skate ramp in his garage and it was just like we so he had the old cable boxes back in the day they're the slider box okay those. yeah yeah and so you get a slider box and you, then you get a, like a, a box with it that was like the the box that encoded the the other like the pay channels oh yeah yeah and so okay. we figured out if we could if we shoved our headphone wire from our headphones up into that we could get playboy channel so here we are like 14 <laughs> years old we've de- we've Great. we've we've decoded oh, playboy boy. channel we've got a skate ramp in his in his room basically and uh he we just bought uh justice for all just came out by metallica Great and album. dude we listened to that album forward and back I'm, I mean yeah. we'd listen to, I mean every song oh I was like this is I'm like I'm going to hell for sure now like this, I mean, this, is, <laughs> yeah. this is a thing the nail and, the but, but I was like dude this album is insane and to this day I mean that album is pretty insane yeah it's um, fucking great but that was I remember like that Injustice for All that came out and it was just like life changing yeah it's funny to remember that too like I was gonna ask you and, and I'll ask you now too like what other if you can remember cause you know, Pantera, it was 101 Proof Live, weirdly, first. Not weirdly, but that's what happened. And then I found Cowboys from Hell. Uh-huh. And I was just like, and what a difference. But the that, like, that sucked me into the metal hole. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then my brothers showed me Metallica. And uh-huh. then we discovered, and then my oldest brother, Tim, showed me Tool when I was, like, 13. And I was like... I fucking love Tool now, and I still love Tool. Yeah, but like that's that's another band I didn't. I just started getting into recently. Oh I, I have boy. a friend who's super into Tool. Yeah, and I like, like I do uh, sober. I do, I do an acoustic cover Damn, of that. That's tight. And it's uh, a good song. 
but but I'm like, but it's the only song I know by by Tool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I got to go back and kind of check this stuff out. I, you let me know what I have recommendations, man. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what album, like where they, yeah. Anyways, they're they're fun to explore, but like hearing that the metal for you, it was you know, I mean, you cut your teeth on the threat or the uh, hair, hair metal, band. hair hair like because like, like you know, I'm coming like '85, '86. I remember when the first yeah. BC Boys album came out. Okay, uh, and then. Uh, Look what the cat dragged in by Poison was a big album for me. Um, into uh, Motley Crue, uh, Home Sweet like uh, Theater of Pain, where Home Sweet Home was like that was the huge, yeah. the huge like you know melodic metal ballad that that took off. Yeah, and then uh, from there was like then it went into like Iron Maiden, ACDC, okay. Metallica. Yeah. And that was kind of the mainstay the right edgier. there. Anthrax we got was yeah. when we discovered like that skate thrash Anthrax. Oh, I loved Anthrax, yeah. Yeah, they're uh, fucking great. And Megadeth was that, that that I was a few Megadeth albums at that time. Um, and then lots of Zeppelin, and then I shifted mid high school, and started doing like Grateful Dead. Okay. And like a little bit, of, and then it was just kind of was like eclectic. Like I, w- yeah. I was like I, w- yeah. I would bounce around. Lots of jam band stuff and, and acoustic stuff because I was playing acoustic guitar. The reason I was playing acoustic guitar is I got in trouble from my dad because I was getting bad grades. Oh, so really? So he, he took my amp and, no and, and electric guitar, and I bought myself an acoustic guitar that I kept in my, my closet. And so, I, that's, so and that's what I play today. I, wow. Okay. I'm mainly acoustic because of that. That's a great story. Like, what a cool, <laughs> yeah, like, why why do you only play acoustic? Well, there's a reason. Like, yeah. That's fucking. That's awesome. That's all I had. I could like I could hide it in the in the in the, in the you know the closet, and it wasn't very loud. And see, like you got the, you got the Matt Cross mythos going here, like the <laughs> lead, you know, like there is some mythology behind your. Yeah, yeah. That's so awesome. now it's fun. Like, that's like we, I was talking to you earlier about getting together some with some other dads to do some like a punk rock cover band. That's like yeah. Wow, to get back on electric. Like I don't even know what I'm doing really. It's like, but it's I fascinating. Feel, I was gonna say I've, and this is me just being very amateur at any of that but i remember playing acoustic and then i get picked up an electric with pedals and shit and i was like i what a dick thing to say it's arrogant <laughs> but i was like this is way easier yeah. no it's it is like i got a lot more room to wiggle yes there's like wiggle on room. an acoustic you're gonna hear when i hit a wrong note yeah it's like dang yeah on an electric you can get me like hey, if i can kind of noodle it around <laughs> and nobody's gonna know like i don't know if that's right like all my friends that play electric, they're like, you fucking dick, no, you're tr- wrong. No, it's true. Like, when, I mean, when I play, because I don't, people is like, oh, you use a chorus pedal. I don't use any pedals. So when I when I perform, yeah. it's just my straight it's vocals and, and acoustic guitar. Yeah. And that's it. And it's just because it's easy. I mean, mainly it's because it's easier. Like, I don't have shit to drag around or whatever. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, if you're off, you're off. If you're on, you're on. You can't you're, fake it. You're going to have fun then, dude, getting that electric going. Yeah. Like, there's so many toys you can play like the fucking pedals that are out there i remember my one of the pedals i when i was playing guitar dick fingers thank clint <laughs> um was the the uh delay pedal like fucking oh, uh, loved it i was like oh dude because i was into tool most of the time i'm uh-huh. always into tool like and you know that's it's I, I stopped saying it's a guilty pleasure because like some metal heads are like they're not metal. I'm like sure they're not. They're whatever you want them to be. Right. But they have a lot of that like, and I was like, this is 
like it connect. I was like, oh, fuck, I could sit here. That's this is the only pedal I need. It's just delay. <laughs> like it's so much fun. And now like I see friends play with other pedals and I'm just like, there's no shortage of good shit to like play around with and experiment yeah. with. Like even if you're not a musician, like picking up a keyboard or like a micro, a mini chord, like synth or something is just like, dude, you can just like go play around and have it garage band. If you got an uh, Apple product, it's like, that's free and you can fuck around and there's so many cool sounds on it. It's right. Like, you shouldn't be bored. You shouldn't be, <laughs> shouldn't I can, be bored. I'm not a musician. Yeah, but just fuck around because it's really fun. You never know. <laughs> you could exactly. be the next like synth master. But... <laughs> Dead mouse. You know? <laughs> yeah. Put on a fucking big hat. Right. And be helmet the thing. thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, man. Um, what about, okay, so. Let's talk about really quick because you're you did a podcast for a while and then you're 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 getting back into it. Um, yeah, so I I had slow and easy, which was our okay. first podcast, which was uh, Suzanne from uh, KZOZ. Okay, uh, she and I, uh, actually, her and uh, Steve Kragenbrink from Woods Humane Society and I, we were all she, Suzanne works at KZOZ and we and I would do stuff for the radio station and. Steve and I were like, well, you should have a podcast, you should have a podcast. And so we started one, the three of us, mm-hmm. and uh, wanting to do kind of like the story behind people, like arts and and uh, kind of kind of I mean, similar vibe to what you've got, but like, you yeah. know, chefs and brewers and nice. musicians. And and uh, we did it for about a year and a half and and a uh, little falling out in the middle of it. So it became Suzanne and I pretty, pretty much just ourselves. Um, but it made it a ton. Like that's how I met Clint. Okay. Um, nice. I made a ton of connections through that podcast, uh, meeting people, and it had a we had a blast, and we we didn't end, but we did we did a sobriety episode where we had uh, Trevor uh, Freeman from uh, Slow Safe Rides. Okay. And so we're like, hey, dude, meet, meet us downtown, and let's 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 just do a drinking podcast, and we'll like we'll breathalyze ourselves at each at each location. And like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we yeah. had so much fun, dude. It was, <laughs> that it was a day, awesome. And we had Billy Hales from Ash Management. He was with us the whole day. And he bought our drinks at every because it was all all his bars. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, dude, we had like luxury like transportation. Yeah. Buying drinks all day and ended up at McCarthy's and it was just, it was a shit show by the end of it, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, we, we 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 got some we, we, some pretty good re- following on that podcast. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, dude, it's slow and easy. Like, sure, it's never going to be bigger than this count. No one's going to listen to it in Florida or you know. So it's like, <laughs> right. You know, what are we doing here? And then a year and a half, two years ago, uh, Jeff uh, Kingman from Jeff and Jeremy, we started Two Drunk Dads. Okay. And that was more like, hey, let's make this more universal, like right. gadgets and booze and you yeah, know, yeah. And, and just parenting shit. And, a little more relatable. Yeah. Yep. And so, but right when that started taking off, he bought a house. I opened the pub. And so I was like, yeah. oh, but now he wants, he's back in. So supposedly in January, we're, we're firing it back up again. Two, and it, you're going to keep the name Two Drunk, Two drunk dads. dads. Nice. That's I mean, a, it's, it's a, it grabs your attention, right? Two Drunk Dads. It, it's catchy shit. And it, yeah, absolutely. Like that is something I'd click on and be like, what is this all about? Right. So, yeah. And we, because he's super, he's, he's super cheap and I'm not. <laughs> so his was like, hey, your best grocery outlet finds to get drunk on the weekend, you know. <laughs> Mine was like, hey, that's the best funny. bourbons you can get for under $110, you know. Oh, that's so, funny. So we'd have, like, our own kind of things. And then just, like, parenting advice, you know. And, yeah. And, you know, from, that's good, man. And we even talked about 
pet parent because our you know our friend Je- or Jeremy from the radio station. He's like, I'm a I'm a dad. I've I've a bulldog. I'm like, there you go. I'm like, I'm not gonna. I listen. Owning a pet is a thing. Sure. And I know that you love your pet, but you cannot compare it to having a kid. Like, yeah, not quite. You can't. There's some different. You some can't throw your kid. <laughs> you can't throw your kid into a kennel and leave for the day. You can't. You know, yeah. it's just you can't yeah. do that. Now, the, the love and all that I get is the same, but there's a little yeah. bit. There's some other th- things that go get involved. Uh, but we would argue about that. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, it's it's fun. So hopefully that will become good back in uh, January. Well, let me know when that with that airs and we'll let everybody else that listens to this know and we'll instagram all that shit awesome um but that's fun do you have anything else you want to talk about man do you feel good i feel solid man i think we covered most of my stuff yeah i mean we won't go i think we i think we, I think we need to do a part two it absolutely point. we and we and i usually ask people to come back we, we love return guests especially people like you that like great stories to tell and yeah um well Cheers, man. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, everybody listening. Um, stay tuned for uh, the Two Drunk Dads podcast by Matt Cross, and we'll keep you uh, updated on our Instagram and all that social media shit. Uh, in the meantime, go out there and create. And uh, yeah, any final words, Matt? Uh, yeah, create. I like that. Go create. Make shit happen. Make shit happen. And uh, also work out if you got anxiety because it fucking helps. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cheers, man. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs>